You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy. Hillbilly Youngins is intended for a younger listening audience. Hey, I'm Kristen, and Jerry and Tracy are my parents. Hi, I'm Dakota, and Jerry and Tracy are my grandparents. And And we we are... The Hillbilly Youngins. Hey guys, it's Kristen and Dakota, and you're listening to episode 28 of Hillbilly Youngins. So today we have kind of a special one, I guess you could say. Well, I don't know about you all, but out here in Kentucky, the weather is cooling off. It's starting to feel a lot like fall. No, it's like definite fall. It's so cold. Today, yeah, like we have sweaters on right now. Today, we bought some mums. And Those put out some pumpkins. I'm sure they know what mums are. Well, I'm sorry. And unless they're talking about their mother and they live in London. Then. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we bought some mums. <laughs> and we have some pumpkins that we picked. Mm-hmm. And we put a scarecrow out front. And with the fall vibes that we be feeling. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it made me think of bonfires, campfires. Actually, I told her that. She and was just kind of like, okay, yeah, we can do that. I'll take that. <sighs> Why you got to put me on blast? <laughs> All right, we're doing campfire <laughs> stories, the end. I'm just kidding. So, no. So, boys and girls, Dakota is going to be reading you some spooky dooky campfire stories. And where is that book from, Dakota? Who wrote that book and what is it called? So, it was retold by S.E. Schlosser. I think. I'm sorry if I'm getting the name wrong. And I know you all can't see the pictures, but it was illustrated by Paul G. Hoffman. I got that right. And the book is called Spooky Campfire Tales, Hauntings, Strange Happenings, and Supernatural Lore. So today I'm going to be reading, because it was my idea anyway. <laughs> let's, not, let's not forget who does all the homework on the other stories that we do. Okay. First chapter I'm going to be reading is called Ghost Handprints. Just so you know, this these are all in first person, so it's like my friend and I or, you know, Jill and I or something. So when when she's reading, she's not talking about herself. No, I'm talking about the people who experienced this or whatever. <laughs> Thanks for the disclaimer. <laughs> I'm just saying, because it would be weird if I said my husband or something. Oh, oh you got a good point. You're married? When did that happen? Where was I? Well, okay. Too young. Okay. So this is from a man's point of view. It said, My wife, Jill, and I were driving home from a friend's party late one evening in early May. It was a beautiful night with full moon. We were laughing and discussing the party when the engine started to cough. Emergency light went on. We had just reached the railroad crossing where, according to local legend, a school bus full of children had stalled on the tracks. Everyone on board the bus had been killed and the ghosts of the children were reported to haunt this intersection protecting people from danger not wanting a repeat of the train crash 
I hit the gas pedal, trying to get our car safely across the tracks before it broke down completely. But the dad-blamed car <laughs> wouldn't cooperate. It stalled in the dead center of the railroad tracks. <gasps> That's scary. They're going to get hit. Oh, no. <laughs> Suddenly, the railroad signal started flashing, and a bright light appeared a little way down the track, bearing down on our car. I turned the key and hit the gas pedal again, trying to get the car started up. Hurry, Jim. The train's coming. My wife began to panic. I immediately broke out into a sweat and tried the <laughs> engine again. <laughs> Nothing. We have to get out, I yelled to Jill, reaching for the door handle. I can't, she shouted desperately, though that didn't sound desperate at all. She was struggling with her seatbelt. We've been having trouble with it recently. She'd been stuck more than once and I had to help her get undone. I threw myself across the stick shift and fought with the seatbelt. My hands were shaking and sweat poured down my body as I felt the rumble of the approaching train. They're still going to get hit. You gonna die. <laughs> it had seen us and was whistling sharply. I risked a quick glance over my shoulder. The engineer was trying to slow down, but he was too close to stop before he hit us. There's no time to look over your shoulder. <laughs> God. I redoubled my efforts. So why don't you just like get out? Yeah, like is your life more like not important as your car? Well, they're trying to actually, I think. But or is he stuck in the seatbelt? His wife is stuck in the seatbelt. Oh, that's well. why. That was a stupid thing for me to well, say. I mean, he could still go. I mean, is she that important? I'm just kidding. I'm, not, I'm joking. God. Suddenly, the car was given a sharp shove from behind. Oh Lord, they're hit. Jill and I both gasped. As the car started to roll down forward, slowly at first, then gaining speed. Wait, the car started. Yeah. The back end cleared the tracks just for a second before the train roared past. As the car rolled to a stop on the far side of the tracks, the engineer stuck his head out the window of the engine and waved a fist. Oh my gosh. He's like, you idiots, what are you doing out here on the tracks? You get out here. <laughs> Doubtlessly yeah. shouting something nasty at us for scaring him. Oh. That was close, Jill said as I struggled upright. How did you get the car moving? I didn't. Someone must have helped us. I jumped out of the door of the, on the driver's side and ran back to the tracks to thank our rescuer. In the bright moonlight, I searched the area looking for the person who had pushed our car out of the path of the train. There was no one there. That is crazy. They just got saved from doing that. I mean, if they felt something push their car, that meant that there was someone behind their car, which meant that that's where the train was, which meant that that person um, would probably be dead. Oh, my gosh. So, duh. I called out several times, but no one answered. After a few minutes, struggling with her seatbelt, Jill finally freed herself and joined me. <laughs> Thank God. Way to go, Jill. Where is he, she asked. There's no one here, I replied, puzzled. Maybe he's just shy about being thanked. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me right now? She raised her voice. Thank you, whoever you are, she called. The wind picked up a little, swirling around us, patting our hair and shoulders like the soft touch of a child's hand. I shivered and hugged my wife. We had almost died tonight, and I was thankful to be alive. Yes, thank you, I repeated loudly to our mystery rescuer. As we turned back to our stalled vehicle, I pulled out my cell phone, ready to call for a tow truck. Behind me, Jill stopped suddenly, staring back at our car. Jim, look, she gasped. I stared at our vehicle. Scattered in several places across the back of our car were glowing handprints. They were small handprints, the kind that adorned the walls of the elementary schools all over the country. I started shaking as I realized the truth. Our car had been pushed off the tracks by the ghosts of the school children killed at this very location. God, they're like He-Man kids. <laughs> Good God. Superhuman <laughs> <They're miniature> strength. <laughs> <laughs> they're miniature hulks. 
Jesus Christ. The wind swept around us again, and I thought I heard the echo of a childish voice whispering, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in Moana where she's like, Maui, Maui, Maui. You're so amazing. It was funny. Anyway, then it died down, and the hairpins faded from the back of the car. The end. All right, Mom, do you want to read this next one? Oh. Sure. Okay, so what is this one called? This one is called Piece by Piece. My God, are they building a puzzle and suddenly it flips over and they're scared? Um, Maybe they're scared to do the puzzle because there's been times where we would get puzzles and I once thought I was brave enough to face a 1,000-piece puzzle and I was sadly mistaken. Felt very overwhelmed, wanted to cry, and then settled for a 250-piece puzzle. <laughs> and that one was hard, too. All right, you ready? Sure. There once was a crazy ghost over in, why do I get stories that have weird words? Poughkeepsie. <laughs> Poughkeepsie. Shoot. Well, there's a ghost over in Poughkeepsie. I'm going to call it Poughkeepsie. That got folks so plum scared. That That's what it really says. That nobody would stay more than one night in its house. It was a nice old place, or had been, that is, until the ghost began making its presence known. The owners got so riled up that they finally packed up one morning and moved away. You said the guests finally got so riled up. Well, that's how you say it. Okay. I'm sorry. The guests got so riled up. (laughs) (laughs) The house agents sold the place a couple of times. But none of the new owners would stay once the ghost made an appearance. How sad. Mm -hmm. After a few years of this, the place was abandoned. No one in their right mind would go near the house. Not even kids on a dare. And you know what they are like. How are they? (laughs) Kids on a dare? I dare you to go up to that house and knock on the door and not get eaten by a monster. (laughs) Now, when my friend Joe heard that a fancy old house in Poopkeepsie was selling for dirt cheap, he decided to go have a look. He asked me about it, and I told him about the spook, describing its purported antics in gruesome detail. Joe just laughed at me. I don't believe in ghosts. Piff. He said, and went to visit. <laughs> he went. <laughs> I made that part up. He went to visit the agent selling the house. <laughs> so, oh, well, the agent gave Joe a key, but refused to look at the old house with him. God, he was an what a horrible real estate agent! <laughs> um, I would not hire him again. Uh, which should have told Joe something, but Joe's a stubborn man who won't listen to reason. He even waited until after dark to visit the house for the first time just to drive home his point. Joe, you stupid man. Joe got to the house around 9 p.m. The property had fallen into considerable disarray, and the house looked like it should be indeed haunted. The garden was overgrown, and Joe had to weave his way between briar bushes and overgrown hedges just to get to the porch. The porch sagged in places, and the front steps moaned menacingly when he climbed them. Um, I was looking outside one of the windows so I could watch what happened without participating in the action. I grinned a little at the sight of my foolish friend fighting to get the warped front door to open when he turned the large fancy key the realtor had given him. Joe tugged and cursed and pushed 
with his shoulder until the door suddenly slammed open, spilling him onto the dusty floor of the entranceway. That should have alerted the ghost, I thought, smudging off the glass before me with my fist to get a better view inside. I thought you didn't believe in ghosts. Yeah, Joe. Joe climbed to his feet, brushed the dirt off his clothes, and looked around in the light of the gas lantern he carried. It was a large entrance hall, well-proportioned but neglected, with cobwebs and dust everywhere. Gross. Joe paused near the door to get his bearings. He heard a thump from the top of the staircase facing him. He jumped and looked up as a disembodied voice began to moan. <laughs> starting, starting down low and then rising, oh my god, until it shrieked higher than a soprano singing Wagner. So it was like, like that. It's like a whale. Okay. <laughs> a glowing leg appeared out of nowhere and rolled down the steps. What? <laughs> A glowing leg. <laughs> it landed. <laughs> it landed right next to Joe's feet. Joe gasped and stood frozen to the spot as the, <laughs> as the leg <laughs> as the leg flopped around a few times, <laughs> trying to oh. walk all by itself. No, they're making oh, new discoveries in the ocean shoot. every day. Then an. Oh, God, you gotta get, gotta be kidding me. Then an arm appeared and rolled down to meet the lake. The long fingers stretched out and grabbed Joe's shoe. Joe kicked at it with his free foot until it's, it relaxed its grip. Next came a foot which thudded slowly down the steps Why is he one still at there? a time. Why is this person? It wasn't just a disembodied moan, it was a disembodied. A disembodied <laughs> <laughs> disembodied body slowly down the steps one at a time with a hollow thumping like a drum of doom another arm rolled after it and then a torso and then a butt cheek i made that part glowing <laughs> body parts glowing, glowing body parts kept popping into existence and plummeting down the stairs towards joe they were bumping and jostling each other and the glowing pieces were starting to look less and less like a loose pile and more and more like a gruesome, blood-stained, headless body. Oh, gross. Here we are with our headless stories. Joe held his ground a lot longer than anyone ever else had. Joe's a freak. But when a screaming head appeared appeared at the top of the steps and started, I can't, and started rolling down towards him, <laughs> Joe had had enough. Would they shriek that would wake the dead? Those that weren't already up and haunting the house, that is. Joe ran for his life out of the house, out of the street, and right out of town, leaving his car behind him. Bull crap. I thought that this was... He just left his car. I thought that this was supposed to be scary. <laughs> he's like, Forrest Gump. And I just kept... I kept running. I met a hasty... You haven't seen that movie, have you, Forrest Gump? No. Never mind. You don't get it. I made a hasty exit myself. When the head looked up from its place on top of the bloodstained body and winked at me through the window, Joe called me the next day and asked me to drive his car down to the hotel where he had spent the night. He was headed back to Manhattan and refused to come within 50 miles of poop keepsie ever again. The agent gave up trying to sell the place after that, and that house fell into ruin and was eventually torn down. What in the heck in the world? D. 
And these were supposed to be scary. <laughs> <laughs> They're not scary. They're spooky. <laughs> All right. So what do you guys think? <laughs> I don't. I can't hear an answer out there. I'm just kidding. Um, the screaming head's gonna come off an answer. Oh. Yeah, like, I'm gonna smack great. you with my my disembodied disembodied hand. arm <laughs> <laughs> and kick you with my foot, my wiggling toes. <laughs> I hope you guys liked our spooky campfire stories. That were not spooky. They were funny though. They were so entertaining, which is. All in all, the whole aspect to our show is to entertain. I hope you guys like it. Thanks for listening to us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tune in next week, guys, for episode 29. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Kids, just a quick reminder that bullying is not okay. If you are bullying someone, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you are being bullied, please tell your teacher, your counselor, or your parents. Remember to check out the website, www.pasterkidsagainstbullying.org. Again, that's www.pasterkidsagainstbullying.org. Bye!